Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the latest episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Mark Davison. Mark, how are you doing this week? Matt, in Australia down here, I don't know about yourself, uh, up in Sydney, or down, sorry, down in Sydney, but I am so hot. It is bloody hot down here in Australia. Today must be about 30 degrees. It is. It's 30 degrees Celsius, which... Warm. Which is what? Is that like... I feel like that's in the 80s. Oh, uh, is it like 80, 85 or something? Maybe 80? Beyond 85? Yeah. Well, I know it's 61. While, while we're recording, it's 61 Fahrenheit down in there in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, 84. 84. I was pretty close for me. I was pretty close. Yeah, on the money right there. No, it's, it's very warm in Australia. One of the probably, you know, the warmest days we've had in a long time doing podcasts. Um you know, but we hope, like even on the coast where I'm at, we have the we have the heat, and then coming about this time, we're recording at three, four. We have a big storm in the afternoon, so and even actually hailed or not didn't hail, had heavy rain about an hour ago. So this tends to happen: you have really hot heat, and then a storm comes over from the coast. But we're not here to you know talk about the weather. We're here to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers nine and zero. What do you reckon, Matty? That's it, mate. That's it. But the storm that hit your way, I reckon, will be hitting, <laughs> hitting me maybe <laughs> midway through the show. So. Hopefully it's not that bad for the listeners when they're, when they're playing both part one and part two of our podcast this week. Um, but yes, yeah, Steelers, 9 and 0. That's where we wanted to be. As I always, as I've been saying, I feel like I say it each week. We've had nine games. We've had nine wins. That's what we wanted to, what's what we wanted to see and come to you with. I know we finished on that note last week, but I mean, how good is it? Another divisional win on the board. And, you know, we, we got our first taste of Joe Burrow you know, for the Steelers. And, you know, he, he, played, he played all right. He played all right. He, he played a good game, but it's very hard. Like we said last week, as as a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow to come into to Heinz Field and to see the Steelers at that 8-0, um, that's a tough task. He, I, I would bet 10 times – no, sorry, 9 times out of 10 times he's got the Steelers are going to win that game. Uh, it's very tough for Burrow to come in and lead the offense. And you're not only playing, and it's going to be my central theme of today's podcast, you're not only playing the defense, you're playing Big Ben as well. So you need to outscore Big Ben and you need to score against the defense. And that, 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 that showed that it was pretty hard to prove against our defense. They only scored 10 points and some of those points came off a field goal in the last four minutes. So, yeah, Burrow, I, I don't even think even he thought he was going to win that game. How tough is it to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers? like in that environment as your first go. Well, that's it. And that's actually a really good segue, Mark, into the title of today's show, which is the Steelers' 2020 opponents are jagging themselves. Now, it was pretty cool. Like, when I had a little bit of a look at what jagging means, because I had this lingering, and you know, obviously the word relates to the Jaguars, the Steelers' opponent this week. But when I was looking through jagging and, like, some of the definitions around people, like, you know, stabbing themselves or piecing themselves or undermining themselves for whatever reason, you just get that feeling through 2020. And I think it's a theme that's sort of carried through a lot of the games that the Steelers have played, that the opponents are shooting themselves in the foot, so to speak. You know, like, and I think we saw the same thing last week against the against the Bengals. But to give, it, to give the listeners out there an example, it's the Cowboys, the Bengals last week, you know, they were happy to sacrifice and try and shut down the Steelers' run, even though, and we know the Steelers have struggled in that area the last few weeks. And Mike Tomlin's talked about teams giving them their best shot. But 
you can't leave wide receivers open with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. <laughs> it's not Dark and Devlin Hodges. It's not Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen a little bit of Rudolph because we've been so far ahead the last couple of weeks. But I, I get this. You know, we can go back to several different games, whatever game you want to pick on the nine and own schedule. And so far, and you just get this impression that opponents are trying to tease the Steelers into, into focusing on one area and capitalizing on one area. But the Steelers are way better coached than this, Mark. The Steelers can beat you in lots of different facets of the game. Yeah, 100%. Even, even bring back to your point with Big Ben. Big Ben threw a ball to DJ, and DJ didn't even know the ball was coming. Like, this is a, a great opportunity, you know, for our offense to put the pieces together. And, yes, we do need to focus on the run game and get that swing in and get that moving. Uh, and they failed in a few areas. But when you're winning you know, via 26 points. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Claypool got two uh, two touchdowns. Big Ben is... Well, that was your bold prediction. That was your big yeah, punch of the well, week. That, so. that one saved me because McFarlane didn't play. So, um, yeah, I had a feeling about Claypool as well, but I really still... I still want to see that big play from McFarlane. But, yeah, these defences and teams are trying to outsmart the Steelers, and it's not happening. But, Mark... Let's go into it. There's obviously, and for regular listeners of BTSC out there, you know, there's been a lot of discussion this week, both in the written form on behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop of all things Pittsburgh Steelers. There's been a lot of discussion on podcasts, as they have the last couple of weeks, about the Steelers, you know, running offense. But we're not going to see a big play from McFarland unless holes open up. That's the reality because that's where he's going to go for the speed. He's not going to break through a couple of guys and then go for it. He's going to have to outrun them. And it's not, as we said, it's the outside run that's been, that's been talked about. that has been a problem for the Steelers the last few weeks. So, you know, we can't expect a big play from McFarland until they get the rest of the rushing offense, right? But I mean, that's the reality. Yeah, you, you, you've got to be consistent. You've got to start to build something like they have with the passing game. They've built the passing game up now where it's like pretty much everyone on the offense or, you know, receivers. And actually, no, we'll give the, the, the O-line a shout too. Everyone on the offense is a threat. Big Ben hasn't been sacked in two games. Yeah. Uh, the receivers, uh, Washington, Juju, you, you go on. DJ, um, anyone really, Ray Ray, they're having, they're having spots and moments where they can make big plays and, and the ball goes forward. So um, it's hard to say. If we were running the ball better, would still fans still find something to complain about? That's the real question. Because I think that's they would, the, Mark. <laughs> that's I think the they would. I think, I think they would. Yeah. Yeah. They would. It'd be, oh, Ben only threw 27 <laughs> of his 46 passes. Uh, you know what, he scored four touchdowns, but there were four drops. So, you know, it could have been like eight touchdowns, which which would be an NFL record in a game. Like, You know what I saw, Matty, in the uh, in the Facebook world? And I really need to get off of it. Every week I stay on it. I don't know why I do this to myself and, and other fans do it too. I saw the Steelers were the worst 9-0 team in history. How can you be so, the worst at something of being great? I took the words right on. <laughs> Someone explain to me how you can be the worst 9-0 team. What, like, what does that even mean? Like, I, I, I don't understand. What, what do they want us to be? Do they want us to be four and five and then have the legitimate answers to, to, to knock on them? Or, like Bad's been saying, a lot of the BTSC crew has been trying to, let's pump everybody up. Like, this is a great journey we're on. Big Ben has had his surgery. He's playing really well. He did all his big YouTube stuff to get everyone excited. 
And now we're in a position to go double digits into the Winkhorn versus a Jaguars team that looks like they want to play for the CFL. And you'll go into this a little bit later in, in part two. But, yeah, we need to get excited about this stuff. Like, I saw that comment and I was like, that's unbelievable. Well, here's a stat that can shock that, that I think all the people that are these detractors need to eat. We talked a couple of weeks ago when the Steelers were 7-0 and and they'd equaled the franchise record and what have you and, you know, that there's the first time they could go 8-0 ever in their history and they've been around for 87 years and da 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 Reality is, is that everyone that's listening to this podcast <laughs> or that's watching games today, almost all of those people, unless they're a toddler, won't, could potentially not be alive the next time the Steelers go 9-0. That's a fair point. A somber <laughs> point, but a fair point. And to, to add on to that, right, um, even with the Steelers game, we, we weren't giving up, like, the third downs. And, and, and I felt, like, pretty relaxed watching the whole game. It was quite a quite an odd experience. Like, the Bengals come to town, um, you know, they put three on the board. It was, like, 7-3 or something similar. I, I can't overly remember. But then they just – the Steelers had the game in hand pretty much the whole game. And then I felt, like, this weird, like, quiet, like, calm – like ambiance of like we've done it. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think this. I think the Scobros mentioned it on their show, particularly Dave. And massive shout out to Dave. And um, we did we did hear your little Aussie accent. <laughs> we, I, I think it, I don't know about you, Mark, but for me, I think um, I think Dave wins the award so far this season for the best uh, BTC podcaster that's not Australian with the Australian accent. What did he say? Right. Yeah, he's right, right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then, you know, Big Brosco, too, gave the old uh, 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 Paul Hogan, like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. That's not um, a knife. Yeah, if we're, doing, yeah. if we're doing power rankings, those those fellas are up there. Um, <laughs> bad, you might be near the bottom. Uh, Jeff's automatically disqualified for Jennifer Lopez. That's out the window. He needs to he needs to buy back in somehow. Uh, the other fellas, like Tony, Mike, and, and, um, and Jeff uh, with a G, need to do some Australian accents and, and see how they go. That's it. That's it. But um, going back there in terms of what, like, the Scobros, I mean, as I said, like, I, I know that they found it a bit more relaxed game or what have you. I was a little bit less relaxed. And I was a little bit re- less relaxed because, as you know, like, and, and I think we were sort of talking about this a little bit earlier in the season with some of our podcast, like, some of the shows around Big Ben not throwing interceptions. I didn't mind when they took it. Like, of course I didn't mind. Like, I always want the Steelers to be leading. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was like, can we get through the game without turning over the football? Can Ben not throw interceptions? Like, I just felt this might be the game. And you look at Jesse Bates and how well he was playing safety for Cincy and stuff. It just felt to me like one of those games where we might throw a pick or two or we might fumble the ball a couple of times. Like, so for me, when I'm, when, like, by the time we got in, like, sort of halfway through the third quarter, then I started feeling more comfortable. It was like, no, they're in a rhythm. Because there were, there were several drives there where, like, the Steelers punted a lot of times last yeah. week. Like, more than what they have all season. Like, Barry punted it seven times. Really? Seven times last week. Right. You know, yeah. with a really nice long of 62 and, you know, averaged almost 50 yards. Like, we're not going to go into deep into punting stats. But I guess that was a lot more than what we were seeing through the first few games. Like, I think when we did our preview before the Texans, I think the Steelers had punted it, like, 12 times or something in the first four games. So, but as I said, like, I was just... A, a little bit concerned that a couple of turnovers would start to change the flow of the game. But going back to that point, right, and give myself a refresher, it's always crazy doing this show 
Uh, well, next week will be a little bit different with the Ravens, but uh, during yeah. the show about four days later, uh, we didn't turn the ball over, correct? Did we? No. Um, with with that last 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 week's game, and we did with that that Bates, the safety mm. uh, for the Bengals. He was everywhere. There was a couple of times he he was making plays. I think yeah, twice he almost made an interception if he had his hands. And there was one of them that would have been a pick six as well. Yeah. So, well, so. like, you know, well, probably would have been a pick six. Yeah. So that's what I mean. And we talked a little bit that, about that in our show last week in preview, where it said like their defense, you know, if they get a couple of couple of stops, couple of turnovers, it might there might be a little bit of a scare for the Steelers. So let's say like it was just something that I wasn't as necessarily comfortable as what others might be. But it's like what what Bad says on a lot of the post game shows. This Steelers team is special. They're doing things that they wouldn't normally necessarily do. They know how to win, and that's got to fill you with a bit of confidence. Well, what about uh, give Ray Ray a shout? You know, I think it needs to be shouted every week. He has changed this whole dynamic yeah. of the Steelers uh, team. Like he's he's giving the Steelers some great field position, um, and I think he's going to crack one. And even looking back at um, his run last week, I think Marcus Allen, if he looks at that tape and if I was his coach, which I'm not. But if I was his coach, I would have said, mate, you should have been blocking, you know, watching the backside because he would have been away because he had, he had a defender in front of him, which was a kicker, and he had someone to chase him behind, which was a linebacker. And all Marcus Allen had to do was face the opposite direction, take out the, the blindside um, chase man. Ray Ray cuts up the inside. We've got a touchdown. Steel Nation goes crazy. Like, I know it's, it's easy to say, but that's what could have happened. That's it. And it's actually quite funny. And it, look, Absolutely having a mental blank at the wrong time, but I was look. I was watching some college tape. It was for a different player. Um, going back. Um, and it was versus Clemson where Ray Ray went, and I just watched this player catch this ball and make a break, and it was like you know basically running down the field, returning it. And then I heard the and I heard like you know the McLeod da da da, and I was like, oh, of course that's Ray Ray. Like that's how he runs, and it just. He's just electric. Even in that Clemson game, it just it, it got me there. It was like this guy is just absolutely electric. And as you say, Mark, you know, we talked a little about just a little bit earlier around you know being able to run the football. If you're starting with such good field position, two decent passes, and you're in yeah. field goal range anyway. So, you know, you, Ray Ray's having quite an impact for us, massive impact for us because he's taking out yeah. some of the problems. Some of the great impact. Like, this is something we haven't had for a long time since uh, AB. Um, and last week, like, he didn't start his run until he's like, you know, he's letting the, the defense wait a little bit and then zoom right up the guts. Um, and then he was just away. But he's getting far out. He's getting 30 yards, like a, a punt return or when he wants to do the kick return. And when, when um, Daddy Smith starts chewing his gum a little bit harder, he's going to get these, these fellas into different certain blocks and he's going to run one and it's going to change the momentum of this game. If they're up by three and then next minute up by 10, then a defense comes out and it's a whole, these are little things that are going to change the game. Unlike what the Bengals did when they did the fake punt run or whatever, something you see in Madden, like we're going to change the game like that, but it's going to be saved for, for big games coming up. Yeah. And, it's one of those ones where we talk about having a really good – and the reason why they did end up bringing back Barry and they weren't happy with Colquitt is because there's no one having good defense if you can't pin the other team back, right? You know, if you're going to focus on not turning the ball over an offense, let your defense go eat, pin the other team back in there, you know, particularly when you're versing a lot of rookie quarterbacks like we have or, you know, young young quarterbacks this season. There's no point doing that if you can't pin them back but through a kick, your defense hold it. 
But if we're going to hold people there equally, and, and it, it's almost like where they say offense needs to complement defense or the defense needs to complement the offense when you score, you don't want to let them a touchdown on the, next, on the other team's next possession. Same thing here. If you pin them down yeah. and the other team are punting, right? And they're like, you know, we've seen the Steelers over the last couple of years get a couple of punt blocks and put a lot of pressure there. You want someone that's going to return it straight back and put you right back on that, you know, put that, the opponent's defense right back under pressure because they've, you know, the returners run it all the way back in and it's at least in field goal range. Immediately, that's when you can start to cycle scores and build a really decent lead. And that's what the good teams do. Ray Ray allows us to do it. 100%. And we're starting to do that with, you know, give Barry as well. Punters are people too. He's he's playing some good football. No matter what you think about his history or he's only Australian in the league and or things like that. Um, he zinged the ball, you know, 60 odd yards last week. And if he can put in the 10 yards and, you know, cough and corner punt, stuff like that, our defense comes out, Joe Burrow's got to get 90 yards, which he just he can't do at this stage. No. He hasn't got the offense. He hasn't got... Um, there's just there's no way being your first game in Heinz Field. So all these things kind of played in together. We come out victorious and yeah, it just felt like a game that I was really honest to, honest to, to God, Matt, after the game, I was like, what just happened? Did I watch a game? Like, is the game over? Like, um, what was the final score? 36, 10. Yeah. And almost, almost picked it in my I was going to say, didn't you? Yeah. You almost picked that in your predictions. Yeah, I was, Weren't I was, you like 36, 14 or something? Yeah. I was four points off. No idea. Still a nation. How I got that score. Um, but they won 36-10, and, and I kind of felt like after the game was finished, I'm like, that was a great game. We did all these awesome things, four touchdowns, but what really happened, I don't know. And it's like, okay, now we're not, I don't know. Like, it was, such a weird, it was such a weird feeling, but something we needed to, just to relax a bit. And that's what you want to see. You want to see them take care of the Bengals like that and just say, look, you're not ready, and we went into this last week, you're not ready for another few years to, uh, you know, TJ Watt was on his tail, Bud was on his tail. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was fantastic to see. But I think Joe Burrow will be a competitive quarterback coming into the future. And it's going to be exciting to make our, our matches, you know, more fire. Well, I, you know, I think, they, I think they covered it really well in the Scobro show this week where they were saying, you know, who's the best out of all the Heisman winning trophy winners? Because, you know, Ben didn't get the Heisman. Who's the best passing quarterback or who has the best, you know, passing IQ in the, in the, in the AFC North? And you can't argue with Joe Burrow. It, it is, you know, and but what what the Bengals need to do now, and you know, we're here to pre, you know to talk Pittsburgh Steelers, but what the challenge that will be there for the Steelers defense in the years to come is, is can the Bengals put a strong enough offensive line in front of him so that he can actually you know properly you know live up to his potential? But Mark, last week, you know, as you said, it was a bit more relaxed. You know, we saw a really nice sort of play out of the receiving core. You know, Deontay, six receptions for 116 yards, which is the most that most, I think it was a career high for him, you know, of 11 targets. He averaged 19.3 yards. Juju had nine receptions for 77 yards, you know, um, off 13 targets. They both got a touchdown, you know, awesome stuff there. Claypool, as I said, your ball prediction, the two touchdowns, four receptions, 56 yards. Ebron, really nice two receptions, 19 yards. There was that one where he extended the play on third down where he sort of he broke free at the last sort of minute and he did look, it was a really nice sort of receiver sort of move rather than a tight end move. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it was like the old Heath Miller who put the one hand or the Heinz Ward. Yeah, I remember that catch. And then went straight toward the sideline where he could get into space yeah. and put himself between the between the um, the ball and the defender. Can I bring up 
one point, Matty, which is, I don't know if it's a football thing, and for you guys and guys and girls who play American football out there, I think Ebron needs to watch out for his legs. He's such a big unit up top. They're tackling him down low so much. And a few times during that game, the, the cornerbacks don't want to t- tackle him up top, and he's getting unbalanced and he's running. He just, like, I know this is me saying it, but if he works on his footwork and maybe jumps over him or is self-aware they're going low, they're going low on him every time. And there was one tackle, might have been that one, where they went low and he was winded after. He got hurt a little bit and went off for a play, but that was because he, he went low and chopped his legs and the next minute the big tree falls over. So I would be interested to see how he can improve on run after the catch. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think it's hard when you're, you know, oh, what's 1.93 metres, six foot four, you know, as well, like you're going to get hit yeah. low. But as you say, like, where possible having that sort of acumen, I guess, like whether you're, you're playing AFC North football and you are going to have some of those guys come in and try and hit you for the cheap shots and, you know, put you out of a few reps and stuff like that. Yeah, it is an interesting one for sure. But I guess what I was what I was keen to know from, from your side, Mark, is like what stood out for you on the offensive side of the football this week for the Steelers against the Bengals? Uh, it's, it's really got to be 100% Ben's character and how the offensive line um, are protecting him two games in a row without a sack. And you can see those fellas just want to keep him upright. Um, and if, if they do allow a sack, Ben's going to give them, you know, a, a bit of bit of words after. But he's, he threw four touchdowns. Like, yeah. he's playing unreal football. And to the point where he hasn't had to have a slugged out match where he's going 1v1 versus the quarterback and changing scores. He's just dictating the game. He's controlling the game. Uh, the running game will come. Um, you can't just give up because of two games in a row they haven't gone beyond 50 yards. Um, yeah, the O-line's playing great football on the edges with, with, with Chooks. Um, Pouncey, I think, is playing great football. And he gave, if you guys watch Claypool on YouTube, he, he said to uh, Claypool, nobody cares because he was doing like his social media stuff. That kind of stuff with like the player bonding, and it's very hard during these times with uh, CV19. So that kind of stuff, it's awesome to see. Like that, you've got to treat the Bengals at this point, who they were, and you'll lay 30 on them. Yeah, well, it's interesting as well. I think, and I'm interested to see what actually turns out here, but if you if you go back and sort of look at what the overs and unders were for Ben, because right now he's on target for just over a tick over 40,000 yards. Oh, 40,000. 4,000 yards. 40,000? <laughs> now, I think he's past that though in his career. Yeah. <laughs> 4,000 yards this season, 39 TDs with seven interceptions. If, if, if they really finish the 16 games where he's got under 10 interceptions, I think still, and, and almost 40 TDs, I think still his fans would be pretty happy with that. Because right now he's sitting there at 22 touchdowns with four interceptions. And I know I said it a couple of weeks back, but I do really think sitting on the sidelines last year, Ben was able to see a few things in the game and having some time out, being able to that much acumen, that much maturity at like at quarterback. I think he's of course he was going to come back this season and make a difference. I think he's had a chance to see where the holes are, see the way the defenses are running it from a, like live on the field and in game context. He's just picking them apart, isn't he? Yeah, like with Juju running and getting first downs, and this is a very common theme we talk about every week. But yeah, it, it, it's so exciting, and you know, forty thousand yards a season would be fantastic. But <laughs> it, even even 4,000, I don't think we would have thought that Big Ben may go that uh, that many yards. And I thought, like, this year, honest, honestly, I thought this year, I didn't think we'd be 9-0. and 
I thought would no. be like seven and two or something similar or, yeah. or six and three. And we were going to have, uh, you know, Tom Brady style offense where we hand the ball off. We do, we are doing short passes, but we weren't relying on Ben, but Ben's over the last few weeks has probably heard enough. So, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and play football. I'm going to, I'm going to draw the, the plays in the dirt. I'm going to get this guy X on X on Y or, or whatever. When he's open, sling it, touchdown, let's play. That's, that's, that's what he's doing. Yeah. And that's so fun to watch. And this is like, you know, the critics out there, oh, we're not running. We're not doing this. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like if, if I haven't really, only the Ravens game and maybe, maybe the Titans game, but Ravens game was one of the hardest games to watch. You're like, oh, are we going to win? And it's like, so, you know, like crazy to watch, but there's still not many times that we've been in that, that scenario. It's like, no, we've had pretty, been, you know, in control of our games. Yeah. No, I know. It's why I think there's currently a, an article sitting there as we go live on Bond Still Curtain about why Ben needs to be an MVP candidate, just a comeback player of the year candidate. Um, I, I really don't understand how he's not. Well, I do because the NFL media is not even talking about us. I've been, I was talking off air to you before, Matt, like NFL media, the, the one I watch on um, KO, one of our things where we get ESPN and stuff like that, NFL Live, it takes them 45 minutes to talk about the Steelers, but. They're just not talking about the Steelers anymore because it's not AB, no, no Le'Veon Bell. You've got a nine and O team. If this were the Chiefs, the Pats, it'd be a Chiefs show. It'd be a Pats show. It's just crazy, isn't it? Well, well, let's let's go into that a little bit. Yeah. You know, before we wrap up part one. Um, yeah, a lot of people, and this is why BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is literally your online content you know, absolute hub for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's why we all do these, the podcasts, you know, the BTSC podcast team each week. We want to give you the Steelers content that you need, know, and love. I mean, even if you're sitting there in Pittsburgh, like I try to read the Pittsburgh Gazette every now and again, what have you. Like, again, it's often hating on the Steelers. You know, if you want to hear proper Steelers analysis, it's BTSC. It's behind the steel curtain. It's part of. And you've it. got two blokes from Australia giving a different insight as well. How cool is that? <laughs> exactly. You know, this, this, this is a different insight to see, and then, and this is a a great perspective that we have because, like, as Australian fans here, or maybe around the world, it's hard to find NFL content just on the mainstream media of the sports journalism world that that are talking about our steel. You think in any other sport, and even last few years, they would talk about a team that hasn't lost yet. They're undefeated. And they're talking about, oh, the Seahawks have got a tough matchup against the, uh, um, uh, the Cardinals today. Fair enough. But what about the Steelers? We're 9-0 going in. We should win 10-0. Well, you know what? That's why for me, Mark, this season, it's only BTSC, as it would be predominantly <laughs> anyway. But I think we all need to kind of, in some ways, and it'll be a little bit harsh, but fair, a bit of tough love, take the medicine. So what now? So what like, I, I totally understand if you're paying subscription for different cable services and Game Pass and whatever. And I, I think they're okay on in the NFL network about balancing the Steelers. But we are 9 0. As we said earlier, let's just all enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Forget all the mainstream stuff. Just join us here. Just listen to BTSC. Just follow BTSC. Like everything. Engage with the content. Comment. Pump other people up. Shut the haters down. I mean, do we really care? Because this is a special season. And whether it's. You know, sixteen and zero, whether it's fourteen and two, fifteen and one, thirteen three. You know, heaven forbid, it's twelve and four. As mm-hmm. long as we get into that Super Bowl, and we're you know half a shot at where at least a minimum fifty fifty chance. Then 
that's all that matters. What doesn't matter is whether people are covering the seals and other things because your content's sitting here. For me, that, that's what it's like. I don't, like. You know what? You don't want to cover the Steelers. The media wants to look silly. I mean, I'm not going to go into the political aspects at all. But media do take things. You know, I do a lot of work in the media industry yeah. in my day-to-day job. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are not covered. If anyone sits there and sort of believes everything they hear that comes across their televisions or, or like or, or in the newspaper every day, you've got to like widen your reading because it doesn't matter what the subject is, you know, whether it's video games, whether it's Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's, you know, hardcore news, you know, science, whatever it's going to be. You know, you've got to widen that perspective. And that's why I think, you know, at the end of the day, we all watch the games. We all see what happens on the field with our own eyes. Focus on the, on the people that are going to give you the, the analysis and equally let them all sleep on it. Because the fun thing, the fun thing that's really rewarding is that if we do make the Super Bowl, they are going to have to talk to us. And equally, if we win the Super Bowl, they're going to have to cover us for a couple of months after that. They'll be shocked. They'll be like, "Oh, oh, wow! They're they're fifteen and one. Oh, didn't see that. No, but there's no there's no to your point. And I know we're going to wrap up the first half, but yeah. um, there's no drama. There's no drama in this locker room anymore. All all the all the fellas are hanging out. They're they're having fun with Chase, like with Pouncey. That was hilarious. You got to you got to find that on on his YouTube. It's just so funny. That was a great no, video. Love. Oh man, nobody cares. Nobody cares, Chase. Nobody cares, and that's you need that. Like you need that little bit of hazing. I'm not too, you know. It's just just funny. You just need that team bonding, and that's what we're doing. This is they're playing team football, and every week they're doing it. Maybe that's why there's no real drama in the locker room, and they're just winning. So they have got to wait for the Steelers to lose, and it won't be this week, and it might not even be the rest of Ravens. Let's, you know. That's it. That's it. But Steelers fans, believe it or not, that wraps up part one of this week's show why the Steelers' 2020 opponents are jagging themselves. Stay tuned and join us for part two where we preview this week's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.